Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. All right, amen. Hello. Y'all okay? All right, y'all acting like you watched the Razorback game last night or something. That was my fault. That was my fault yesterday. The Razorback game was, it was my fault. It really was. Um, uh, I accidentally wore Razorback red while I was watching the game. <laughs> you see, last week, I didn't even realize it, but when we won, I realized that I was wearing Mississippi State's colors. I had a maroon shirt on, and we won. And I forgot about that yesterday, and I should have worn Auburn's colors and I didn't do that, and so because of that, uh, that we lost. So my bad, my, <laughs> my bad, guys. I'm very sorry about that, but uh, we'll make sure that it doesn't happen again, right? All right. Although uh, there are some colors that are just ugly. They're not in my color palette, so I can't wear them. So <laughs> Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30, starting at verse 1. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me there? Good to have everybody with, with us today online or here or however way that you can do it. I know some of uh, you will be getting this later, uh, some maybe even tomorrow or throughout the week. Uh, thank you for being with us, for joining with us. Thank you for giving in whatever way you can today, online, in mail, whatever way. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. We appreciate that. We really do. We don't take that for granted. We recognize the fact that we can't turn the lights on unless you're the one that's able to, unless you're giving. But you're, we also recognize that you're giving because the Holy Spirit's leading you to do so. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. We, we really do appreciate that very, very much. All right. Uh, Today we are going to continue talking about that path of worship in the tabernacle. And um, we are to the tent of meeting. We learned last week that there is this outer court area. Then we're moving now into the tent of meeting, the actual tent there uh, where we find the holy place and the most holy place. And in that holy place, we know that there is a table of showbread there. Um, that's where the holy donuts are put there. See, back before churches ever had this bright idea of putting coffee and donuts in the church, God himself already said, I'm, I'm one up on you. Make a holy donut and put it there before the priest and put it there because uh, God himself knows how holy donuts are. Why do you think they have a hole in them? I mean, it's, it's, it's the perfect food, right? It's bread, it's fried, it's sugar. It's, uh, come on, somebody say amen. Amen. I'm getting all, ooh, I'm getting worked up over that. I mean, I feel the anointing like the glaze. Uh, just, you can glaze me, anoint me, whatever. I, I, I'm like, uh, who was it? Was it Tim Hawkins that said that, that uh, one of these days whenever, I think he said when I turn 40, I want to get a, go to Krispy Kreme and get on the conveyor belt and just have that glaze flow over and just uh, just enjoy myself. Well, um, I'm already past 40, so I have to wait and do it on my 50th. But speaking of birthdays, before I go real any further, everybody turn to Miss Laverne and say happy birthday. Today is, she is 29 years old today. 29 years old. You wear it so well. Very good. I can tell she don't want me to do that, but I did it anyway. <laughs> That's the power of the microphone. <laughs> Exodus, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Exodus chapter 30. So now we're moving into the, the holy place where the table showbread is. Then we also have um, the, the golden lamp stand, the menorah, the, the candlestick that's over there on as you walk in on your left side. And 
I'll go deeper and show you a little more of that uh, later. But I, I want to, I want to maybe go out of order just a little bit because it kind of depends on which way you look at this. Um, but as the priest were to go into that holy place, obviously most Bible scholars believe that as he goes in, then on the right hand side, on his right hand side, he would have that table of showbread. On his left hand side, he would have that candle, golden candlestick or the, the golden menorah there, golden lampstand. And then right before the veil, everybody say the veil. Right before the veil, that place that separated the holy place from the most holy place, that separated from the, the working of the priest before the God before God Almighty into the actual working of God Almighty Himself upon the mercy seat, there was this golden altar. And it was a golden altar of incense. It was about three foot high, a foot and a half wide, a foot and a half deep. So not real big, but just big enough to be able to put a good size amount of coal on top. And then they had a special incense that they would burn on top of that. And we'll go into that deeper in just a minute. But... they kind of go back and forth in my studies on whether or not that incense or whether or not that golden altar was the very first thing you see when you get into the tent or the very last thing you see when you get into the tent. I do know this, that as that, as that altar was burning incense twice a day, that that incense filled the entire room. So whether or not it was the first thing you saw, it was absolutely the first thing that you smelled. In other words, it was the atmosphere. It was the aroma. It was what set, it was what set the atmosphere of the entire place that, that the priest was working before the Lord. And I love the song that we sang about just now about being hungry and waiting on God. And really, that is the, that's, that's the, where the promise comes into fruition. It's not just that you wait. How many of you have been waiting for a while? But it's that you learn how to wait upon the Lord. You learn how to wait on Him and let Him do that working as you sit at His feet and let Him do that. So we're going to talk about the atmosphere the atmosphere that was created by the altar of incense in that place where the priests were to do their service before the Lord. And what does that mean to us today and how that points to Jesus Christ? Okay, so that's what we're going to go over today. But we will start by reading Exodus chapter 30, the first 10 verses. Then we'll scoot on down to verse 34. And then if you're a quick Bible thumper or you've got your Bible app open and you're faster that way, we will go to John chapter 17. We will go there in just a a little bit. But Exodus 30 verses 1 through 10, we'll hit that first and then down to 34. Unless y'all want me to read all the way to 34. Some of y'all say, no, I'm hungry. (laughs) I I got chicken, I got fried chicken calling me. All right. Hurry up. Hurry up, preacher. Right? You talked about donuts. You got me hungry, and now you're going to keep me two hours? I don't think so. All right. Exodus 30, starting verse 1. Say, if you got it, say, I got it. You shall. There you go. He got it. <laughs> or she got it. Is that what? <laughs> All right. You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length, and a cubit its width. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. And you shall overlay its top, its sides all around, and its horns with pure gold. And you shall make for it a molding of gold all around." Two gold rings you shall make for it under the molding on both of its sides. You shall place them on its two sides, and they will be holders for the poles with which you bear it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Everybody say, God's got bling. And you shall put it before the veil, that is, before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with you. Hmm, that comes first, right? Okay. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning 
when he tends the lamps, and he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, and he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations, for it is most holy to the Lord. It's one of the very few things it says. It is the mo- it's most holy to the Lord. Everybody say most holy. All right. Now, let's go one more time in prayer. Father, we need you. We love you. We thank you. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak. My words are few. My, my words fall so short. My ability falls so short. But God, with you, I can do all things. With Christ Jesus, we're going to do this today. With Christ Jesus, we're going to speak it, we're going to say it, we're going to sing it, we're going to love it, we're going to worship it, we're going to pray it. We're going to see you manifest today according to your glory. And I pray, God, that you would do this for your namesake, Lord. Do it for your namesake. Teach us, Lord. Lead us and feed us in the direction you want us to be. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord. We pray that you do it in Jesus' mighty name. And if you love him, say amen. Amen. Smell has been known and tied to one of the greatest senses of memory that you can have. Somebody think he's going to go food again. No, no, not, not, not for a second. Not, I, might, I might get there. But I want you to just think about something. Think about any, any time that you walk into a place or you, you, you have something go by you or something like that, and you have that, that, that whiff, that smell, and that smell takes you back to something, right? Uh, I have a few of those smells that take me back in a good way to something, maybe sometimes in a bad way to something, but most of the time in a good way to something, and, uh, for instance, one of them is the smell, especially this time of year, the smell of football grass. How many of y'all know that smell where you've been, you've watched a football game or you've been there? I, I have eaten enough football grass in my life. I, now, I not only know the smell of it, I know the taste of it. Um, and it doesn't taste as good as it smells, I'll promise you that. That's why I have trouble eating salad to this day. Right? I keep wondering who's been weed eating and putting it in my food. But now, especially this time of year, when it starts really turning cooler and you walk out early in the morning and you get that, that smell of a little bit of a cool whiff in the air and there's some, some we have Bermuda grass usually all around us in our neighborhood and you get that, somebody just mowed Bermuda grass smell and it takes you back to football season back whenever I was in shape. Uh, not become one, but I was in shape, not a shape. And then there are like lumber, the smell of lumber, because my dad obviously he's built a whole lot through through my life and going, getting to to be where he's at and see what he's doing and working where he's doing and building our houses and things like that. You you can just you walk onto a place of new construction and go ah lumber, right or progress <laughs> sometimes is. Blood, sweat, and tears. It smells sometimes the same. Uh, when you walk into our hallway, somebody of you may have smelt uh, insulation. <laughs> we have put new insulation in the hallway. By the grace of God, we'll have that hallway finished here in the next few weeks or so. So, so you, you got that, that lumber smell takes me back where, where I was a kid. And, and while Dad was working, I was playing. But I didn't ever realize that Dad was working so I could play. Dad was working so I could be provided in a way that I didn't have to worry as much as I would if I was the dad. And I know how that is. Hashtag dad life now, right? Amen. But oh, if we could get that mentality with God where we realize that he's done the work so that we could be blessed, right? That he's paid for that. He's paid that price. He's worked that out. And he wants us to enjoy now the work that he has set forward. But you you know what I'm talking about. The smells that way. A leather glove. 
a leather baseball glove takes me back to those times where I played baseball. Good times. The, the smell of sugar cookies. I knew I was going to get there. But the smell of sugar cookies takes me back to where, I, I hate to bust this out, y'all, but, but we used to have good cafeteria food. I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but man, we used to have good, they used to put gravy on our cafeteria food. Now they, now they can't even do that. It, it's a low-fat tortilla that no one could even play Frisbee with, right? It, it's, it's not, but, but sugar cookies, because I knew after nap time came sugar cookie time in kindergarten. Sugar cookies and chocolate milk. It was, oh, it was awesome. It was great. And, and still to this day, I walk, oh, it smells good, right? Vanilla, the smell of vanilla, especially I can tell when someone is wearing vanilla fields. takes me back to our very first date whenever we went to Steph's prom and I sniffed that vanilla fields and it was still in my truck when I got in and all the way home I'm getting high as a kite on vanilla fields <laughs> and still to this day if someone walks by me in a store or anything and I smell vanilla fields I'm like Steph where you at right <laughs> vanilla fields I had preferred stock by the way <laughs> Good old Walmart stuff, right? <laughs> but you, you get what I'm talking about. That, that, that smell takes you to another level, takes you to another place. No matter where you're at, it creates almost a new atmosphere in you first. That no matter whatever it is that you're facing, you can stop for just a second. Let the world spin if it wants to spin, but just stay in that atmosphere, and that's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about this smell of the incense that was burning day and night, night and day in the tent of meeting, in this holy place. And there's a reason why God Almighty has, has put this to be done as a, as a holy order before Him and before His people. This was a mandate to make this incense be burned and create an atmosphere inside this holy place. Now, you would think to a God who seems to be way up there sometimes and we seem to be way down here sometimes, you would think that maybe that that was not such a big deal to God. God just says, hey, just do these couple of things, make me happy, and then we'll move forward. But you know what I've come to realize? That that is the, what religion expects of you. Just do these A, B, C, and D, and hopefully things will work out. But God says, I want to take you past the religion of things into the relationship of things so that when you smell something, it takes you to me, it brings you to me. But not only that, it brings me to you. Because we find out actually that that same aroma and atmosphere is found in the book of Revelation before the very throne of God Himself. And He says that the prayers of the saints are filling the golden bowls before the altar of the Lord. Some of those prayers are even poured out upon the coals of the altar before the Lord God Almighty. And it is actually a representation here of what's going on in heaven. And so as you pray, I want you to understand that your prayers are being heard. And in fact, they're more than being heard. God says every one of your prayers that are coming up before Him are laid on the altar before His throne and it rises up to Him in an aroma that He enjoys, that, that moves Him and takes Him from one level to another level. And as He breathes in your prayer request and takes it in and becomes one with that prayer request, I want I want you to know that he is also getting ready to breathe out the very answer to that prayer request through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's part of what it means by praying in the Spirit, that we're agreeing with his answer. We're agreeing and we're understanding and comprehending what he wants done as his will being done in our life. That's just part of it. So he's answering it by becoming one with it and then sending that answer down to us. That's why Jesus could breathe on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it began with that. This altar 
was one of the smallest pieces of furniture, if not the smallest furniture in the entire tabernacle system. But yet it made the biggest smell and the biggest aroma. Atmosphere is really important to God. Atmosphere is so important to God, He has allowed us to have a snapshot of that atmosphere on earth from something that He's already set in heaven. Atmosphere is so important to God that he's, that is there already before Him in the throne room of heaven. And He says here, if you want to know how to have a little piece of heaven on earth, it's called the atmosphere that's conducive for the Holy Spirit to move in your life. And here's the kicker. You can't serve God without it. You're not, he didn't even mean for you to try to. See, the holy place was that little bit bigger place before the most holy place. And that holy place is the place where most of the work was done and trim, trimming the lampstands and, and baking the bread and getting it out there and burning the incense and praying and interceding all those things before the Lord was all done in this holy place. And as it was done in this holy place, it, they, they did so as they walked into the tent in this aroma and this atmosphere. As if God is trying to say, if you want to see the work of God done in your life, if you want to do the work of God by the kingdom of God for Him, then you have to make sure that you create an atmosphere to do that. There's a reason, not just because it sounds good. Although a worship band, you sound great and you're beautiful and all of that. But there's a reason why we create an atmosphere in church through worship and prayer. Right? There's a reason why we, we create an atmosphere that's conducive for you to clap and for you to sing with joy and for you to dance and for you to shout and for you to, to do whatever before the Lord and pray and intercede and do whatever to worship before God. There's a reason why we do that at the beginning of service. There's a, there's a reason, and the reason is not just so that we make good church. It's so that we create an atmosphere where our hearts are aligning together with what God wants done and coming into agreement with Him and saying, God, I, I know that the week was hard. I know I've gone through a little bit of junk through the week. But right now, on a day that's holy unto the Lord, I proclaim and I declare that you are holy. And that I'm going to align myself under your holy will. I'm here. I'm here to give you. I'm here to give you worship. I'm here to give you love. I'm here to worship you. I'm here to pour my heart out to you. I'm here to create an atmosphere that's conducive for your glory to move. And where two or three are gathered together in my name, there he is in the midst. How many of you know we need him in our midst? That was pretty good. But if you, I think if you really could see the spiritual side of things while you were worshiping and while you were praying and while you were entering into intercession and while you were laying your heart down before the Lord or while you're giving up your glory unto the Lord and to give Him the, the highest praise and the highest, I think if you could really see spiritually what was going on behind the scenes, I really think the church would speak louder. I really think the church would sing louder. I really think the church would have a better attitude. I really think that we wouldn't feel as discouraged and defeated as we do sometimes. I really think that we would realize there is more on our side than on the enemy's side. I really think that we would begin counting and saying, Oh no, I thought I was all alone. But there's an encampment of angels all round about me that I know that if I would fall, they'd bear me up lest I catch my foot and Break it on a stone. I know that there's more on our side. There's more to it. Oh, I would to God that we would just get a glimpse every once in a while to see the angel forces and the armies of God that is moving behind the scenes. I've been a part of, an, of, of enough production to know that there is way more behind the scenes going on than there is on the stage. And I've also learned that whatever goes on behind the scenes directly affects what goes on the stage. 
no matter how good the artist or good the actor or good the musician, let someone behind the scenes shut all the power down and see what happens. We were just talking about earlier being in church service where something went awry. Maybe something didn't happen the way that it should happen in a church service, and you could just feel the atmosphere of the church service go. <laughs> Maybe there's an importance to atmosphere, an importance to this. And it's to remind us that there is a presence of God that we can step into as we're called to serve him serve with him this world that needs a touch that needs a realization and a recognition that God is who God says he is you know what I would dare say this that there is someone you come into contact on a daily basis that needs a touch of the reality of God. And we don't have time to play. We don't have time to play these religious games or the worldly games, either one. We got to be real with God and we got to have God be real with us. We got to be in that type of communion and that type of fellowship and that type of, of atmosphere. You know, there's a real there's a there's there's an understanding in the book of Genesis that when the cool of the day actually meant that there was no rain that didn't rain did not fall in the garden, but a mist would rise up every single day. Every single day a mist would rise up and water the garden. And God chose the time of the mist to come and walk in the cool of the day with Adam and with Eve. Why? Because he says, I want the atmosphere to be set and to be right so that you can be in relationship with me. It's, a, it's important. Atmosphere is important. It helps us to understand that, again, I say there's more on our side than against us. I'm tired of listening to the enemy's words. Another sports analogy, but it has always bothered me that anytime that I'm watching a sporting event, it's football's worse, but anytime I'm watching a sporting event and let's just say you've got a, two teams that are playing and one team may have like 40 nine points on the board and the other team may be down like zero like 49 to zero but then that other team that has zero will score or they'll do something pretty good and at the end of that pretty good event whether it's a touchdown or a good tackle or whatever at the end of that pretty good event they'll get up and they'll beat their chest and they'll they'll act like they did something really awesome really great and they'll start hot-dogging just a little bit. How many of you are like me where you look at that and go, why are you hot-dogging, dude? You're still down on 40 points. And it's like, okay, beat your chest all you want to, but why don't you let the score speak for itself? Why don't you get back to work? Why don't you settle down, and why don't you put, go to the task at hand and do what you need to do to make sure that the score gets to be looking better than what you think it looks right now. Nobody cares about this right now. You need to realize that it's about something bigger than yourself. Maybe I'm just old school enough. where that We just didn't do that. There was no hot dogging like that. You didn't do that. But sometimes the enemy will try to do that. He'll try to come in and he'll try to make a score on you and he'll beat his chest and make it sound loud and make it sound proud. And if we're not careful, we'll get sucked in to what he's doing. And what we need to do is get a look back at the big score, at the big scheme of things, at the big game and say, wait a minute, I know you're beating your chest enemy, but you're still down and you're still losing and we're still winning and my king is still on the throne. And you may be a prince, but the prince can't have power unless the king dies. And you've already tried that, and he lives forevermore. It's about atmosphere. But I need us to rem I need us to realize something. And I may have to do this in like ten different sessions. I don't know. There is so much to do with this. 
We got to understand that 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 altar of incense represents the atmosphere of prayer and worship and praise. Y'all get that, right? That your prayers create an aroma before God. Your prayers create an atmosphere that's conducive for faith to grow and to bear fruit even immediately. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He can make something that should take 50 years to work grow all of a sudden immediately. That's why when in Genesis, when he formed the earth, the Bible says he sent the Holy Spirit down. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the earth so that it could receive every word God spoke and make sure that it was done according to his plan. Immediately, let it be done. Your prayers create an atmosphere. I'm going to have to just take a little more time with this. Y'all okay? Have you ever been in a place where there was a real atmosphere of people crying out for God? Now, I don't, I don't mean man-made, manufactured stuff. I mean a true, genuine hunger for God to move in such a way that, that it wasn't about a program or a show or a smoke or a light or or, or an agenda that man had put forward. But have you ever been in a place where the, just the cry for the, for the presence of God was so loud that it pierced everything else that was around it? It pierced the darkness that was around it. It, 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 it moved. If you ever have been in a place like that or a situation like that, you know what I'm talking about. And I've been in some places like that and I've been in some services like that and I've been in some situations where the cry of God was so loud and so hungry that there was something in me that rose up. And it, ro- it, it, it arose like the aroma. And it was like once it started, it just kept burning. And it just kept going. And all of a sudden, an expectation level began to rise. And it began to get contagious. And it began to move from one person to the next, 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 to the next. And the next thing you know, you see it like a wave going over the entire crowd. You ever been there? You ever been there? You ever been a part of that? It's, in, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible to think that that can become contagious. Unfortunately, what happens is, is we've all had a crazy week. And you're looking ahead at another crazy week. And you're a little bit tired and you're a little bit wore out. And we sit down in church and we think, oh, man, I'm here and I need something. But I just don't know what to do from this point on. I found out something. And I don't like it. But it's the truth. I mean, I don't like some of the truth sometimes. Oh, come on. That's why half of you are scared of going to a doctor. You're going to reveal something. I talked to my doctor the last time I was with him. That was back whenever he said something about going on a diet or something. I don't know. I wasn't really listening. But when I talked to him, I said, you know, he, he said, well, you're 40 now, right? Actually, I was right on the edge of being that. He said, you're about to be 40. He said, anything going on with you? And I said, like, I'm going to tell you. And then he begins listing off a few things like, are you having trouble with this? Are you having trouble with that? Are you having trouble with this? And man, I was good. I was holding, yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm solid. I would put that poker face on. I'm I'm good. No problem. Yeah, I got it. And then he said, are you, you still have a lot of energy? And I didn't mean to, but I went, right when he said that. And then he caught me and he started laughing. He says, I got you. And I said, well, I will admit, I don't have the energy that I did once have. And he said, well, you're almost 40. It comes with the territory. As in, good luck. 
No, he said, but he did say this. He said, but I will tell you this. And he said, and he said, you may not like to hear this, but I will tell you this. It's been a proven fact that if you do not have energy, then what you need to do is exercise. And it will actually increase your energy level. And I looked at him and I said, you liar from the pits of you know where. I said, get behind me, Satan. And he did. And he said, you look flabby from back there, too. And so I, I looked at him and I said, well, that doesn't make sense, Doc. I don't have energy. How am I supposed to exercise? Don't you have to have energy to exercise? And he said, well, there's a threshold you've got to break over. And it starts with this right here. And he said, once you break over that threshold, you will actually find out that the more you exercise, the more energy you have, even though you don't have energy in the first place. He said, your body is designed that way to rise to the occasion. It's what nature has designed to do so that you can fight whatever it is you need to fight or run however it is you need to run. He said, so you need to, and I hate to say this, but you need to get a regular exercising routine, and that will help tremendously out with your energy level. You know what? The same thing works spiritually. When some of you feel spiritually down and spiritually tired, I don't feel like praying right now. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel, I've been beat up all week. Devil's getting after me. Bless his heart. Right? feel down today, don't feel like a victory today. And the, any, the only reason why the enemy is doing that to you so that you will not exercise the authority you have in prayer because he knows the moment you step into that authority that all of a sudden the spirit begins to move and quicken the mortal body. And the spirit will drive the body instead of the body driving the spirit. Apostle Paul said this. He hit walks after the flesh. Well, you know what's going to happen with that. But to walk after the spirit, there is life. There's freedom. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Atmosphere. It's important in your life. So important in your life. Even at the point that our flesh is dying. There can still be an atmosphere of the life of the Spirit. Being a hospice chaplain, I could walk into a room and know if they're at peace or not. Just by walking into the room. They don't have to say anything. They don't even have to be doing anything necessarily. But I could walk into the room and know if there was peace in that situation or not. Because there's an atmosphere to it. There's an atmosphere and it's, it's, it starts with prayer. That's why Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of. That's why he wanted the entire holy place to be filled. That, that secret place should be filled with prayer. There were five ingredients that were placed upon the altar of incense. And this is where. I may have to pause right here and pick up next week. But there were five ingredients that were always laid and kind of put, meshed together, ingredients that came together uh, by someone who knew what they were doing and trained with, with, with those workings. They would take five ingredients, push them all together, crush them, bring them together, stir them together, and that was what was laid twice a day on the altar of incense. These five ingredients came together. Most of them, they weren't herbs or anything like that. They were, most of them were resins, a type of, of, of tree sap that had dried. And they would form the tree sap by taking the tree and beating the tree in such a way that they would actually milk that tree. And the tree would begin to they'd strip it in certain ways. Or it wouldn't kill the tree, but it would bring up certain resins and certain certain sap that would dry, then they would use that and crush it and bring it together and lay it upon the altar of incense, and it would fill up the whole room with the aroma. Go to verse 34, Exodus 30, 34. 
And the Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stacked, onica, galbanum, and pure frankincense. With these sweet spices, there shall be equal amounts of each. They would also take salt and add that in there to crush it and put it all together. So you got stacked, onica, galbanum, frankincense, and salt. They would put all of that together and place it on the altar of incense. And that's what would burn on the coals on the altar. And it would rise and fill up that room full of smoke. Five, five ingredients. Five ingredients that would come together and create that aroma and that atmosphere. These five ingredients were laid upon coals that came from the altar of sacrifice. This, this, this coal, the coals that were there on this altar came from a very spe- special place. It came from the place of sacrifice. I mean, if you realize that the reason why Jesus could baptize with fire is because he was the sacrifice, right? There's a reason why he could set, uh, set his, his, his people's prayers on a fire to all of a sudden create a new atmosphere this world has never seen. And took 120 people, just 120 people with expectation for God to do something in prayer and intercession. And Jesus added through the Holy Spirit fire to that. And it became an aroma and it filled up an upper room and overflowed into the streets so much so that people started going, what is that? I smell something. Something's cooking. Something's happening. And it began to get people's attention. And that began to draw people in. And then all of a sudden, the world was changed. And no one to this day can physically, naturally, or scientifically explain how one person turned into 120 people could make a movement that the world has never seen before out of just doing a ministry for three and a half years. It's impossible. It's never been done before. That's because the church is the aroma and the atmosphere that this world needs. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better start smelling good. You got to start smelling good. The church needs to start smelling better. We need to start smelling like prayer. Our church needs to start smelling like prayer. We could smell like whining and griping and complaining. We could smell like, did you see what trouble the world is in? Duh, it's the world. It's always been in trouble. I mean, it's been the sin we're facing right now is the same sin that was going on in Genesis. It's the same stuff. Why are we looking to the world to give us signs that God is moving? You're the sign that God is moving. You're the aroma the world needs to smell. You're the incense that burns and gets everybody's attention. You're the cause. You're the revival that you've been praying for. God says, I put you on fire for a reason. So that you can move and be what I've called you to be. We can gripe all we want to. It's not going to change a thing. We as a church, we could come in and go, well, so-and-so's not here yet. So-and-so's not here. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about, well, they didn't sing my favorite song today. Well, the preacher talked about money and food a little bit too much today. Or we can come with this expectation and atmosphere that there would be such an eruption and a hunger from your holy, from your spirit tied together with the Holy Spirit that in worship and in song and in prayer, an atmosphere begins rising in such a way where you don't need any certain man to say certain things. All you need is Jesus Christ to move. And all of a sudden, you can get a miracle right where you're at. You can get uplifted right where you're at. And I realize we have bad days and we have bad weeks. We've had a bad year. Everybody say 2020 has not been fun, right? I realize that. I, mean, I, want, to put, I want to put incense all over 2020. But we have a choice. 
We either come in and create an atmosphere of prayer where God's presence will move in that. I mean, if you realize that 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 allowed a smoke to rise and fill the room. And then on the day of atonement, which he said, this is the most holy day of the year. This is he said, this is holy before the Lord. What would happen on that day of atonement? The smoke or cloud of God's glory called the Shekinah glory would fall and descend upon the place. And most people just kind of think, well, that's, that's pretty cool. It got smoky in there. No, no, no. No, when God's glory came and, and filled the room full of glorious smoke, what was happening? It was mixing together with the smoke that was already in there. And that incense came, became one with the glory of God. And then that's where God said, it is most holy to me. You realize your prayers are most holy to him see a lot of people we have this attitude well all we can do is just pray there's no such thing as let's just pray that should be your first reaction that should be the very first thing that you do it should be the very first thing that you say well if we pray and we get together with god this thing's going to work out we can hope and we can wish for all kinds of things there was a time um, a few years ago that I started praying for God to send the church leaders. So God, send, church, send the church leaders. And I've been praying that for a couple of years. And you know, God actually checked me on that. Can I be transparent with you? God checked me on that. And he said, I want you to quit praying for God to, for me to send you leaders. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And God said, quit praying for that. And I want you to start praying for me to send prayers and prayer, war prayer warriors because I'll take care of the rest. The atmosphere will take care of the rest. These five ingredients would create an atmosphere in that holy, holy place. And I want you to know something. It's not just about you praying. It's about the fact that Christ himself is interceding for you. Y'all realize that, right? The Bible says Jesus himself is praying for us. Interceding on our behalf. And I'm going to say this and we're going to run out of time so we won't get to, to John. But I am going to say this and lead you into that. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is now at the right hand of God and is now interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore He is able to save completely. Hello? He is able to save completely. Why are you worrying about some of that stuff? Save completely. Yeah, but you don't understand what I've lost and what I'm going through. No, but He does. I promise you He does. God has felt the same grief that you have felt. He lost His Son. He watched it happen. It got dark that day. And weeping endured for a night. But then a stone rolled away. And joy stepped out of a grave. And said that there is really life in the midst of your situation. Luke, two, Luke 22 verses 31 through 32. I love this passage of scripture. Oh wait a minute, I didn't finish Hebrews 7.25. My bad, back up. Therefore He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He is always living to intercede for them. Luke 22, 31-32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Aren't you glad But he didn't stop there? But I have prayed for you, Simon, representing the church, that your faith will not fail. And when you even turn back, you're going to do so to strengthen your brothers. 
Bible says that the enemy would love to sift the church as wheat, but Jesus is praying, interceding, and stepping between us and the enemy and saying, but your faith is not going to fail. 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 Your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith is not going to fail, my church. It's not going to fail. I prayed for you. You know, I want to say, well, how do you know? Because he's praying for you. He's interceding for you. And this made me, this made me, we could go on and on and on about more times where Jesus is interceding for his church. But this made me jump to John. And this is what we'll pick up next week. Ha ha, homework. On your own, read John 17, 6 through 19. Read that on your own. And we'll go over that next week. But did you realize there were five ingredients that fell upon the altar of incense? Five ingredients that were crushed and placed on a fire given by God to rise up and create an atmosphere that was conducive for God's glory to move. And Jesus, in the prayer the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed five prayers. Five special things that when he was being crushed and great drops of blood were pouring through the veins on his head. When he was in that place of the garden, that place of the olive press, when he was being pressed, he was praying for us. And there were five specific things he prayed for in that garden because he was that was the time he prayed for all of us. See, I've always wondered, I knew Jesus was praying for us, but I've always wanted to know, what are you praying for, Jesus? I'm just curious like that. And he took me to the Garden of Gethsemane and showed me five things that he prays for his people. Just like the five ingredients that fell upon the altar of incense. Five prayers. Five things he's praying for. Some of them would surprise you. Some of them are a little different than I originally thought. But all five of them are extremely powerful. All five of them, when you come into unison and, and, and come together with them, it creates an atmosphere in your life that's conducive for God to move. We need God to move. You realize that right now there are people all over this community, and I'm going to say this world, that have come to a place in their life where they're literally saying, where are you at, God? I need you to show me something. What if? What if you're that something that helps them see the reality of God? Steph, can you come play? Just as we close, I want us to I want us to close with an atmosphere of understanding. That God I believe is calling his people to pray. Calling his people to hunger and pray. I don't know about you, but I hope. I hope that when all of this hit America, I'm hoping that you took it serious enough to take your prayer life up another level. I'm not condemning. I'm leading. If you haven't, now would be a really good time to start. I believe that God sent everybody home to teach them that your prayer that you do at church, the atmosphere that you see here, should also be there. It's the first Easter I can ever remember where we didn't get to all get gather together and celebrate together. And when I was griping about it, because I know y'all don't gripe, but I do to God sometimes. And when I was griping about it, God said, no, this is for a reason. Because a lot of people on Easter, they, they get themselves together and they go to church and, and then they, they kind of 
go through the motions there, and then we go and we eat, eat, hunt eggs, all that kind of stuff. But then they go home, and it's like they take their church clothes off, and they put their sweatpants on, and it was like they left at the church what it is that God wanted them to take home. And this time God says, no, I want it to be at home first. And then when we all come together and we bring it from home and we bring it together, then it becomes an atmosphere and an aroma that fills this place of expectation and holiness and to know that God is here. Why? Because I've been talking with Him all week long and He told me to expect a move of God when two or three are gathering together. Where my people praise me, I'll be in their midst. We need to make sure that we are in sweet fellowship with Him. And don't let the enemy talk about it and brag about what he, a few points he just scored. Because the last time I checked, I read the book of Revelation. And there's a season where it looks like the enemy is going to win. And it happens for about half a chapter. And it happens for just a little bit. But it is in that season we have to make sure that we get the proper perspective. That while the enemy is running amok down here, there's perspective of heaven is that there's still a multitude and a great multitude and a number that no man can number that's singing praise and singing worship to the one true and living and eternal King. And they said, just roll up your sleeves and get ready. Because when he says enough is enough and he puts his hand in the move, then he's going to stir that pot in such a way that whatever he wants is going to happen. That's the God we serve. Can we all please stand? And I'm closing with this. I'm going to pray that we all begin coming with an expectation and an atmosphere of prayer. Next week we'll go over the five things Jesus prays for us. And they'll change your, other than salvation and the filling of the Holy Spirit, those five things, realizing what Jesus is praying, it will change your life. Right now, I just want you to get a heart check. Get a heart check. Are we in agreement in our hunger for the Lord? Will you just take a moment? Will you take a moment and pray? Just a minute or two. We'll start there. We'll get more later. But right now, just take a minute or two. And I want you to pray. Pray over your own heart. Pray, Lord God, is there anything in my heart that's creating a bad aroma? Is there an attitude that needs to be checked? Is there a mindset? Is there... Is there something stinky inside of my life that I need the aroma of the prayer and the worship and the intercession of Jesus Christ to come and fill me so that I become conducive for the move of God in my life? Father, is there, if there's anything in my life that needs to be burned off like chaff from the wheat, Holy Spirit, I pray that You do that. Holy Spirit, I pray that You do that. Holy Spirit, create in me a holy aroma pleasing to the Lord. Let my life be an atmosphere that's conducive for the glory of God to move no matter where I'm at. Father, I believe with everything in me that revival is coming. I said, I believe with everything in me that revival is coming. I'm not going by what I see in the, in the natural. I'm not going by what I hear on the news. I'm not going by any of that. I'm going by what I feel and hear in the spiritual realm. I believe He is positioning us to see a move of God. And I don't want to miss that for anything. So I want to create, I want to let God create in me 
an atmosphere of prayer and worship that's conducive for Him to flow. Father, maybe that's why you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and call on my name and repent and turn. In other words, sometimes even God's people need a, need a washing up. And we repent. And we let that move out of our heart so that you can place in our heart an atmosphere of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray everyone that hears this message would allow you to move in their heart in such a way that the Holy Spirit creates in them an atmosphere. An atmosphere for your glory. Jesus. And if you need him, you know, I mean, if you really, really need him, say amen. Amen. God bless you. Father, go with us as we go throughout the rest of our week. May you be the first thing on our mind in the morning and the last thing on our mind as we go to bed every day this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.